Wow. So, first off, uh, me and Heather, you know, I think it was either last night or the night before, uh, we were just reflecting on what Jesus did over the weekend. If you didn't get a chance to make it, uh, I'm sorry. We will be having some more events, though, but it was, it was epic. It really was. Uh, that's not just because, uh, you know, we hosted it, but it was just because it, there was so much presence of the Lord there. Uh, the first night was like a, a bomb just went off everywhere. The second night could have been one of the most intimate moments I've had with the Father. It was just so sweet and so beautiful. And then last night, there was such a beautiful commissioning of the Lord yeah. calling us into our destiny. Uh, but, the, you know, the thing that I left with, and I told Heather this, that I was kind of overwhelmed what, with was that we had so many friends and family that said, hey, let's go crazy for Jesus together. Yeah. That left probably the most impact on my heart because I looked around and I saw all of our friends, all of our family going for Jesus. I saw like 30 different people holding my son. And just there was, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Every time I looked, I'm like, where's my kid? Oh, there he is. And I was just overwhelmed by that. And that's really what, that's what, life, that's what this Christian life is about, that we can connect with one another and that I'm thankful that we have a, a, a tribe of people that say, hey, you know, we'll go crazy for Jesus yeah. out in the middle of nowhere yeah. on, a, on a farm for three nights and just let them show up. So thank you guys so much. We are going to be having some more events and we'll keep you tuned to what we're going to be doing. But again, I'm, I'm so thankful. Yeah. Hopefully my voice will last. If it, uh, if it goes out, Todd, you just, uh, just pick up where I left off, okay? All right, so um, this is, I had, a, I had this word, this has been a word that's actually been developing in our family for a couple years, and um, God really downloaded it, uh, a lot of it to me um, a couple weeks ago, and I thought I was going to share it at our event, but it just didn't. It's not that it didn't fit, it was just too much. And I was like, this doesn't make sense, I can't really share all this uh, in the environment that we're doing. And so I told Todd, I said, I think I may need to share Sunday morning, I got this, uh, this word. And uh, it's, been, it's slowly been developing for about two years. And uh, does this move up? Right, so it's fine, it's fine. Um, and so I, I, feel, I feel called to share it. And so um, if there was a title to this message... It would be called, Heather, My Beautiful One. <laughs> or, 731. <laughs> You're going to get it in a second. Um, for two years, probably two years or so, my wife has been seeing the the. Uh, phrase or the number 731. Anybody ever get, like you start to see something over and over and over again? Anybody else get that? Okay. And so it started probably two years ago. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was, I don't know. Um, anyways, it just kept happening. And she'd always come to me and say, I keep seeing it. I keep seeing this word. I keep seeing this word. What does it mean? I'm like, I, I don't know what, what's going on. <laughs> you know, like putting the pressure back on me. And so we kept praying and we'd look through every single scripture we could find and, and none of them really resonated at all. And so it just kept happening, kept happening, uh, and, and we just, you know, it would be everywhere we looked, we'd see it. Anybody ever been there? It's like God just keeps highlighting something yeah. to you, right? And so everywhere we looked, we kept seeing this, we kept seeing this, and, and, and now at this point, I'm kind of like, okay, Jesus, you're going to have to help us out here, because she's asking me, now the pressure's on me to know what this means, I don't know what this thing means, you know? And so we're praying and praying, and if you don't know, uh, 731 is my wife's birthday. It's a, the day she was born. And so probably about six months ago, um, I was praying, and finally the Lord revealed it to me. At least I think he did. Uh, my wife may have a different opinion, but I, I, finally he said to me, he said, Acts 7.31. And so that's going to be our kickoff scripture. And I'm going somewhere with this, and I feel like it, uh, it ties in somewhat to what we've been doing even with the our moment stuff because there's a calling of the Lord and so uh, Acts 731 this is uh, Stephen uh, given the history of Israel but he specifically uses this phrase and once the Lord spoke it to me I knew where he was trying to go Acts 731 and when Moses saw it he wondered at the sight and as he drew near to behold 
there came the voice of the Lord. Now, just because this is using a little bit, uh, this is actually being translated out of the Septuagint. We're going to go to our Old Testament and actually read the account because it's translated out of the Hebrew. So it's a little bit different here. So that, this passage is actually in Exodus 3.2. And it uses a better terminology that I like. So just flip over with me real quick. We're going to do a little bit. We're going to dive into a couple scriptures. But this is it's in Exodus 3. It says, Now Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his brother-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. Now Moses said, I must turn aside and see this marvelous sight, why the bush does not burn. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, then he came. See, there's the Father's calling us. He always has these messages. He said, maybe it's as simple as, I keep seeing a scripture. Maybe, maybe a situation continues to happen in your life. And he's calling and he's calling. But many of us, we don't take the time to turn aside and look. Right? And so we wonder, hey, what is God doing? Man, I wish God would speak to me. And maybe there was just, maybe it was just a little bitty coincidence. Maybe there was just a, a, a very small little thing that happened in your life that you could have turned your heart and said, what are you saying, God? And the voice of God would have came. See, there's a place where, when we, there's a place where God begins to call us, but He's looking, are they going to turn aside? What if Moses had a walked on and said, oh, that's probably nothing? Right. What if he had a walked on and said, oh, it probably doesn't mean anything. There's probably no meaning by the, seeing this silly uh, time over and over again, 731. There's probably no meaning by, um, you know, I met that random Christian who had that word. There's probably no meaning there. Right? What if he just passed by, Moses passed by, said, that's probably nothing up there. I don't know what that is. I'm just going to keep on going. He would have missed his calling. He would have not heard God had he not turned aside. There was a contingency upon God calling him in to a deeper place. And it was, was he willing to turn? There was something in his heart that said, what is that? It's almost like that childlike faith that says, hey, what's going on here? What are you saying, Father? What are you doing? And so when he turns, there comes the voice. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And so anyways, I, as this has been developing in our family, I realized uh, that the Lord was, you know, calling my wife out. He was calling her to a deeper place. And so I kind of had the privilege of kind of sitting back and watching, you know, and watching and watching. And I'm, I'm telling this story, one, it's ministered to me, but I'm also telling it because if I got up here, I could tell you about, you know, me receiving my call and how the Lord's spoken to me. And if I tell you that, you're going to immediately in your mind say, well, that's Ben. That's what you're going to say, because I'm up here, and that's just an unfortunate uh, default that we kind of do when somebody who we, who we think is more spiritual, or not more spiritual, but just more called or more anointed than we are, can speak eloquently, we think, that's them, that's not me. But I'm not telling you that story. I'm telling you my wife's story. Her full-time job is a stay-at-home mom, and so she's not always up here. She could definitely be up here, but she's not always up here, and the Father was calling her and calling her and calling her. And so what I believe is that the Father's calling an entire generation of believers. It's not just the one-man show anymore. It's not just the, hey, you know, that one guy has an anointing, and the rest of us get to watch and listen. There's a calling that's going forth, and it's it's these little bitty things. You're going to begin to hear it. You're going to get sensitive to it, and all of a sudden, it's up to you, though, if you're going to turn a Side. If you're going to turn your heart aside and say, what are you saying, Father? What are you saying, Father? Maybe it's, you know, this song comes on the radio and you just get a, a, just a smidge of inspiration in your heart. And you're going to turn and say, Jesus, what are you doing? 
Jesus, what are you doing? I've noticed this before. You know, we, we pray for the sick all the time. And uh, it, it had become, for me, when I would see miracles, it just kind of become happenstance. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. I would just continue to go on about my, my professional Christendom. And I didn't really turn aside. And, and uh, I, I can't remember. I think it was something that happened this summer. And uh, a miracle that happened. And I got in the car. Actually, I think it was with, with Eddie and a, a lady. We prayed for a lady who, who had had a, uh, something wrong with her shoulder. She couldn't move her shoulder. God fully uh, healed her shoulder. And I just, I got in the car and I just said, Jesus, let me just, let me just turn aside. Just, just get right in my heart. I don't want to just go about life as normal. I don't want to pass by the burning bush that's up on the mountain here that I see that, that, that something's happening. I see you doing something, but I'm just going to pass by and go about my daily life. I just want to turn, I want to turn aside in my heart and I want to say, Jesus, speak. Jesus, speak. I want to be sensitive to you. You know, you see this pattern in the Word of God. You see it all the time, actually. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, give me an example. You, you guys remember when uh, in John 1, uh, uh, Philip goes and finds Nathaniel, right? He goes and finds Nathaniel, and Nathaniel's walking up to Jesus, right? He's walking up to Jesus, and, 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 and Jesus calls out. He says, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. And he says, he says, he says uh, how do you know me? And Nathaniel says this to Jesus. Jesus says, well, before Philip called you, when you were under that fig tree, I saw you. What does Phil do? Nathaniel falls on his face. He says, surely you are the Son of God, the Savior of Israel. And Jesus said, because I told you I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. What was going on? I believe Nathaniel had a little secret spot that he'd like to go to. (laughs) A little spot he would go and turn aside to. Are you following me? Are you walking with me today? Yes. Listen, he would go there and he would turn aside. And I don't know what happened. They don't, the Bible doesn't say, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give an opinion, Ben's opinion. I think he had a little moment with God in that fig tree. Right underneath that fig tree, he had just a little moment with God. And Jesus is like, I saw you. When, when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside, then he called him. <laughs> And so one of the secrets, one of the, not secrets, one of the things that the Father is looking for is are you in the right place? And that doesn't mean physical location. Is your heart in the right place? There's There's a moment, there's times where we will allow hardness in. We'll let disappointment in. We'll let unbelief come in. And the Father could be doing little things. I've been in some of the most amazing services in the world. I've seen tumors disappear in front of my eyes, blind eyes open. I've seen, I mean, just tons of miracles. And I've been in both of those services. I've been, once, I've been in those services, and I've seen it in front of my eyes, and my heart was affected none. And I've been in those services, and the voice of the Lord came afresh, and I was awakened to a reality of God that I did not know. All of them were contingent upon whether my heart was turned aside. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so he's looking he's looking for people that are willing to turn aside let's turn if you don't mind this if this comes out like a great big shotgun I'm sorry but I've told you guys before I don't you know we're Friday uh, Thursday night the Lord broke the valve it just comes out fast. <laughs> um, I was, the Lord's been talking to me about Samuel. All right? First uh, Samuel 3. And um, just been getting me here. I don't, I've just been getting me a ton. Um, I'm not going to read the entire chapter, but it says, Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and visions were infrequent. It happened at the time Eli was lying down in his place. Now his eyesight had begun to grow dim, and he, was not, he could not see well. This is just a little snack for you or a side message. Do you notice that it says Eli could not see well? Do you know why it puts it there? Because the reason why I couldn't see well is he had lost relationship with God. Notice that the first verse says visions were infrequent. This was the high priest. It specifically says of Moses that when he died, he was 120 years old and his eyes never grew dim because he never lost connection with God. You see why that's there? That's why they're, that's why they're highlighting that. Just a side note. 
And the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple. (laughs) In front of the ark of the Lord, then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, here I am. Notice where he's at. You aren't supposed to go to sleep. If you look at the, if you look at, if you look at the law that, that God gave Moses, you weren't, you weren't allowed to be in the holy place laying down sleeping. <laughs> you weren't supposed to be there. But because of his heart yeah. to know the Lord, because of Samuel's heart, where his heart was to know the Lord, he, went to, he, he would lay down there. He would just sleep and lay there. He just wanted to. He, he was turned aside. Yeah. Where's the voice of the Lord, right? And then listen to this. This is so beautiful. Oh, man, this thing wrecks me. <laughs> and it, it, the Lord calls him. He says, Samuel. And he, he, run, he gets up and he runs to Eli. Eli's the chief, the, the chief priest at that time. Runs to Eli and says, did you call me? He said, I didn't call you. Go lay down. Uh, and then the Lord calls again, Samuel. And he jumps back up. He runs to Eli. He said, did you call me? And he said, I didn't call you. Go lay down. And then the voice of the Lord comes again. And, and, then, and then it says, what does it say here? Where is it at here? Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord been revealed to him yet. So he didn't know what's going on. He had no idea. Sometimes that's us. What's going on? Why am I seeing this 731 everywhere I go, right? And so he hears the voice again. He runs to Eli. Finally, Eli, get, some intuitiveness comes in. It, see, it took Eli three times because he had lost his connection with the Father. He lost his connection with God. Oh, the Lord's actually calling you. Go sit down. We haven't heard from him in a long time. Go sit down, and when he calls, say, here I am. And so the Lord calls him again, and I love this verse. It says, the Lord came and stood. Do you see that? The Lord came and stood. I personally think this, this could have been the Lord Jesus sitting there, but... Uh, the Lord came and stood, and as the other time said, Samuel, Samuel. You see these explanation marks? So apparently this third time, he's, he may be talking a little loud. Samuel, Samuel. He's talking to him loud. <laughs> Speak for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said, Behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go down to 19, and it says, Thus Samuel grew And the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fail. All Israel from Dan even to Beersheba knew that Samuel was confirmed a a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord again appeared to him at Shiloh. There's a place, the first ingredient, or the first, not ingredient, but the first, um, I believe the first thing the Father's looking for is, is where our hearts are. Every one of you have a calling from God. It may not be to stand on a stage. That, that, that's not... Stand on a stage isn't, isn't like a special calling. Right. In fact, they're not, they're not levels of callings. There's different... It just, it's, that's not it. Every one of you have a calling, a destiny from the Father that you're created for. You're fashioned for it. It's not something I can do. It's not something anyone else can do. You're fashioned. He's actually put something unique inside of you that can absolutely change the world around you. And if it's just like the pieces of a puzzle. If there's one piece, 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 uh, piece missing, there we go. It was a long weekend. Piece missing, the picture's not complete. It doesn't happen, right? And so the same thing for you. You have to show up. You have to be there for the picture to be complete. We need you to show up. We need the gifts that God's placed inside of you. It's not the same He's placed inside of me. We need what you have. But there's one thing that I can't do is I can't make you turn aside. I can compel you to. But you have to turn your heart aside. And God is not looking for arrogant superstars that rely on their giftedness instead of His power. God's actually looking for those that don't feel like they have what it takes. How many of you don't feel like you have what it takes? I got both hands up. Any of you ever felt like I don't have what it takes to do this? Right? That's not what the... God's not looking for arrogant superstars, right? He did not pick Saul in the Old Testament. That wasn't his pick. If you read 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, actually the people began to ask for a king, and they, and they picked Saul 
because he was big, he was tall, he was handsome, and he looked like the right person. And he was not the king that God would choose. God had chosen a young man that was out in the wilderness, turned aside, (laughs) right? That had turned aside, and his heart had had turned aside to the Father. And God said, that's my man out there. None of you see him. He don't look the part. He doesn't look the part. He doesn't have the package that you're looking for, but he's got the one thing that I'm looking for, and it's right here. It's inside of him. His heart's turned to me. And he's not, he's not dependent upon himself. He's not thinking, oh man, I'm so great. I'm so... He's not. He has a revelation that when I come upon him, all things are possible. That's, so good. That's what he's looking for. That's, that's free spit there, buddy. <laughs> That's what he's looking for in our hearts. You know, um, ah. Paul said, think about your call. Not many of you were noble or wise, but the Lord chose you. Not many of you were noble or wise, but the Lord chose you. Yeah, so good. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. And you look at this. If you go in here at Exodus 3, you go here in Exodus 3, you see God's talking to Moses. I mean, this seems like the encounter of all encounters, right? Moses takes his shoes off. There's a burning bush that doesn't... doesn't uh, doesn't, you know, uh, doesn't go out and, and there's a vo- you know, I'm sure the voice of the Lord is staggering. He's humbled by it. But in all the midst of all that, he's saying, you're the one called to free my people Israel. This is the calling that I have for you. I'm going to do this. And then Moses says, Lord, not me. You know, the only, you know, the answer that God gives him, certainly I'll be with you. See, Moses had done what all of us were doing. He had turned the attention to himself. He had turned the attention to himself and said, this can't be me because you don't know me. And God didn't, 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 even, didn't even highlight who he was. He didn't say, yeah, I do know, man. It's going to be okay. I know you got this problem. You can't speak very... He didn't highlight that. He said, certainly I'm going to be with you. And that's the X factor. That's all you need. You don't need another thing. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what you think. I'm with you. He laid it all in. Boom. I'm here. But God, I don't feel like I can do it, but I'm here. So it's all over with. You know, uh, Friday night, I, don't, I think it was Friday night, I was sitting there. I was just worshiping. And uh, I'm just like you are. You know, I get nervous before I speak. Um, I'm in this, you know, I'm, we're doing this event. And I'm, I'm beginning to look at myself, right? I'm starting to look at myself. I'm thinking, oh, man, all right, I got to get up here and... I got to lead this thing, and I, I got the same emotions you have. I don't know, just because I'm up here, you think I don't, but yeah, I had the same emotions. I'm just, ah, it's all in here. Anybody ever get that thing in your pit, right? Yeah. Right, you know, you used to get it. You remember they used to re- make us read book reports in school? Anybody have to read book reports? Do they still do that in school, or no, they stopped that? Because anyone kids would be embarrassed. Oh, gosh. <laughs> they made us do it. They made us do it. And so you get that pit in your stomach, you're like, oh, no, this is not going to be good. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, man, oh, Jesus. And I see a vision. I go into a vision, and I see a, a, a cup of water. And so I see this cup of water. I'm like, okay, Lord. So I keep, I keep looking at it. All of a sudden, this water turns to wine. Boom. And I'm like, okay, what are you saying, Jesus? He said, Ben, the water has no ability to become wine. It has nothing in itself that can become wine. <laughs> He said, but when I touch it, anything's possible. He said, Ben, you're looking at yourself. You're looking at your ability as if you have to have it inside of yourself to become what I've called you to be. He said, that's That's wrong. When I touch it, you become it. (laughs) And that's how many of us are doing. That's what many of us are looking at. We're looking at ourselves saying, I don't have what it takes to do this. And the, so you got Jesus saying, hey, serve wine. I want you to take a dip into, a dip into the washing pots that are water, and I want you to go give it to them, and it's going to be wine. And can you imagine, right? Can you imagine, here I am, I'm hosting this party, and Jesus says, you know, go fill up the glass with water, and then go give it to them because they need wine. And I, what are you thinking? <laughs> I'm thinking the same thing, right? <laughs> right? This is water. They're asking for wine, Right? That's exactly, I'm thinking the same thing, right? And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, well, you know, uh, this ain't going to work, right? <laughs> this is missing something, right? That's how we think about ourselves. This is missing something, right? But in the obedience and in the, in the walking out and the agreement with God, all of a sudden it transforms into what it's created to be. That's so good. 
Are you following me? Right? And that's the same thing for us. And when the Lord said that to me, I said, you got it, man. I'm just going to think about you, Jesus. I'll just get up here, and you can just turn me into whatever you want. Um, Again, he's not looking for arrogant superstars. If you don't feel like you're called, or you don't feel like you have what it takes, that's the perfect place to be. Because then, what's your dependency going to be upon? What's your your dependency going to be upon? I've got this cup of water. It sure don't look like wine. This is going to take God. This is going to take God, right? So then you look at you look at the story of Moses, right? And and Moses and God's dealing with Moses here. I love one part. Moses keeps doubting himself and actually said that the Lord becomes angry with Moses. He gets mad. He finally gets mad. He's like, okay, I'm a little bit upset at you. And then he allows Moses to have Aaron help him out. That wasn't the original plan. That didn't look like it. He, was, he got angry. He's like, all right, Moses, just because you're still so scared, tell your brother to come on too. <laughs> but he got mad about that. He didn't like that because Moses was doubting himself too much. But, then, but what, what, is, what does God say to him, right? So he's sitting there. Moses is introspective. Do I have what it takes? And God says, hey, what do you have in your hand? Well, he has a wooden staff in his hand. A cup of water. Yeah. <laughs> he says, what do you have in your hand? I have a staff. Throw it on the ground. Yeah. Boom, it becomes a snake. What's he getting at? He's lifting Moses' attention off of himself so onto, him, onto God. So what do you have in your hand? Well, I just got a snake. Boom, now it's a snake. I just got a cup of water. All of a sudden, it turns to wine. That's good, man. <laughs> That's what he's doing. That's what he does when he calls us. That's what he's doing for you. And the only thing, you don't have to have any special pedigree. You don't have to know the whole Bible backwards and forwards. All you have to do is have a heart that's turned aside to the Father. That when little callings, when you hear, when you see over and over, I just, I keep seeing 731. You're going to just move on, move on like nothing happened? Or are you just going to stop and say, what did Samuel say? Here I am, Lord. Speak, your servant is listening. (laughs) I don't know if that's rich to you, but I love it because it takes it away from me. I don't have to know it all. I don't have to be be everything. I just have to be connected to the one. Yeah. Okay. I don't have to tell you about David... You know, can I, well, I will highlight something here. Do you know that the two, what I believe, the two uh, e- uh, iconic figures in Israel's history, Moses and David, all got their calling while they were out in their occupation. They were alone out in their occupation, and they both received their call there. Did you know that? That's just a side note. Some of us are thinking, I got to be here, I got to be in school, I got to do this. They both received their calling about their day. What about Peter, James, and John? And Andrew, right? They were called doing what they were called to do. They were just there. They were planted, and all of a sudden, Jesus walks by. You know, and sometimes we get this thing that I can't, if I'm if to be called, I have to attend Bible school. Nothing's wrong with that. I attended Bible school. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. You should be a studier of the Word. I'm not saying that. But what we do is we put requirements that the Jesus has not made. We add requirements to how we could be used by God. I have to have this, I have to have this, I have to have There was no requirements. They were about their daily lives, and I believe they were just sensitive. They had a heart, right? There's Nathaniel. Maybe he, maybe, who knows, maybe I'm just, again, I'm, I'm, it's a big maybe, but maybe he's in his work day, and he takes a lunch break, and he sneaks over to this little fig tree. There's this little spot he has. His little spot he has, right, where he sneaks over, he just prays a little bit. Just prays a little bit. He just has this place where he turns aside to. Right? And then, boom. Ah, there he is. Right? And you look, you see God, they're trying to put a king in Israel, right? They're trying to put a king in Israel. And, and there's so many different people. And there's just this little boy. He's just out there singing songs in the middle of the field. Nobody's there. Nobody's there. He's all alone. He's all alone. It's him and God. Him and God. Him and God. Him and God. He said, okay, that's the one. And if you notice, look, even when, when, when God, God anoints him to be king, he calls him to be king, right? And, and Samuel anoints him. And then his moment comes to be revealed to Israel, similar to Jesus. 
This moment comes on a battlefield, and what comes out of his mouth? The Lord delivered a lion and a bear into my hands, and this Philistine will be the exact same thing. Not one thing. I'm a special warrior. I have these skills. I have this pedigree. The only thing he was conscious of was, no, I've watched God turn my water into wine. I know that he will be with me. That's the thing. That's what Moses, that's what Jesus said, the Lord said to Moses. What what do you mean you don't feel like you're called? What do you mean you you have all these issues? I'm with you. And he walks off. That's enough. That's That's enough. I'm here. (laughs) Ah. Jesus, you're so good. You're so wonderful, Lord. You know, the reason why I love it so much, and I love what the Lord's doing, I love how he's called my wife, and I've kind of been in the back kind of watching, but then all of a sudden I'm kind of getting swept in because I'm like, oh, there he is. He's calling her again. He's calling her again. He's calling her again, you know? And I don't want to be like Eli that didn't realize it was the voice of the Lord, you know? I want to be able to see clearly. And um, it's so sweet to see how he will call us over and over and over again. And if you think about it, there's little moments that you've had. I've had good ones. I've had bad ones. I've had moments where I saw something and didn't believe it, didn't turn aside. And I believe there's going to be more and more and more for you where there's, there's these places where the Father's calling you closer to himself, closer to him. But your job is to turn aside. What is that, Lord? Maybe it's a morning devotional. You, you wake up. Maybe you just flop your, flop your Bible open and there's a scripture that just kind of hits your heart and you have that choice to say, oh, that was awesome and keep going or you have that moment to just say, you know what, let me just turn aside here and park. Yeah. Holy Ghost, what are you saying? Jesus, what are you saying? Um, the last thing, or not the last thing, there's probably a lot. Um, there's three things, again, I felt that, that God's looking for in a call. One was the location of your heart. Two is he's not looking for arrogant superstars, which is great. You know, so if you feel un, you know, like you don't have it, perfect. Because that's going to cause you to rely on him, yeah. right? But even Paul said that. He said, I determined to know nothing among you except Christ, Jesus Christ and him crucified. And when I was with you, my speech was not in eloquent words of wisdom, but demonstration of the spirit and power so that your faith would not rest on man's wisdom, but would rest on the power of yeah. God. It would actually, you would believe where your heart would be set at, you would set it on the power of God himself so that you wouldn't be looking at yourself and, oh man, did you hear how that person spoke? Did you hear what this happened? Your faith wouldn't be rested there. It'd be set upon the power. It'd be set there and say, no, that's God. God did that. That's where your heart needs to lean towards. He was trying to get people to lean towards God. If you lean on him, if your, if your faith is stuck on him, lean towards him or turned aside, then I know that you will be a disciple and you will walk with God himself. But if your faith is stuck on that great message, that great point, that one awesome argument that that scribe had, that can go away. See, if you can be talked into something, you can be talked out of it. That's right. <laughs> That's good. Right? If you can be talked into it, if I can hype you up here and talk you into something, just a few weeks from now, someone else or the devil could just talk you out of it. However, if you have an encounter with God, if you turn aside and the voice of God comes and, and God, you meet God, you can't be talked out of that. Just like the blind man. You know, they're sitting there, all the, all the Pharisees are telling the blind man, they say, hey, uh, whether this man, he says, uh, they said, this man's, we know this man's a sinner. What really happened to you, right? Jesus heals the blind man. And the, and the, and the religious leaders say, we know this man's a sinner. What really happened? He said, I don't know whether this man's a sinner. I don't know where he's from. I, I, I have this and you're not taking it away. I was blind and now I see. You can't, you can't take this from me. He wasn't, he wasn't a learned man. And here are all these scribes and Pharisees arguing with him. He said, listen, listen, listen. Y'all just shut up. This is all I know. Y'all can say whatever you want. You can't take this. I can see now. Are you with me? God's here. God's here. You don't, you, you, we can't, we're not arguing anymore. All right. Last thing God's looking for, and this is the one I want to I highlight on, if I haven't highlighted on the other ones. And this is the one that wrecked me. He's looking for a friend. <laughs> He's looking for a friend. Looking for a buddy, a friend. That's what he's looking for. He's not looking for the fancy pedigrees. He's not looking for all that stuff. 
He's looking for a friend. You know, that's why I said in the beginning, I said I was overwhelmed that we had so many friends that came. The Lord's no different. We're made after His image. He has, a, he has similar emotions. Not all, but similar emotions to us. He has a, similar feelings of love and affection. And He's looking for a friend. And you see that. He's looking. He, when, I'll give you an example, right? Uh, Abraham. And uh, when God was about to uh, um, send down fire on Sodom and Gomorrah, He's got two angels. They're walking towards Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham's behind them, right? And He looks at these two angels and He says, Will I not surely reveal to Abraham what I'm about to do? (laughs) He just stops. He turns to Abraham. Because it's his friend. Not because Abraham was the most special. Actually, it just says that it it was Abraham's faith. It was his turning aside and believing God that actually made him who he was. And so, God just says, wait a minute. He kind of puts the brakes up. He's about to go do something. He says, wait i got to tell Abraham. Yeah. Right? You ever have a good friend? Yeah. What happens when you have something special that's going on? Yeah. What do you do? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? You get on the phone. You call them. Maybe a friend or family member. You're, you pick up the phone and say, hey, you won't believe what's happening. Yeah. This just happened. Or maybe you have a hard moment. Who are you going to call? Yeah. You're calling your friend. And you see that in God. You see that revealed in God. Jesus said, uh, no longer do I call you servants, but I call you friends because everything that my Father said to me, I've revealed to you. I've held nothing back from you. See, there's levels, and it's not that you earn it. There's connection, right? It says that the Lord spoke to Moses uh, uh, face to face as a man does his friend. I believe there was something in the heart of Moses that loved the Lord and was turned aside in faith to him so much. And the Lord said, I found someone I can, I can connect with. I found someone I can do life with. I found him. He, he, won't, he won't forsake me. He won't, he won't leave me. He, he, he's connected to me, right? You see that with David. See, David had friendship before he came the king. God knew. He said, that's my man right there. He's out in the wilderness. He loves me. I, everything else doesn't matter because I can do the rest, right? But you know what I can't do is make him be my friend. I can't make his heart be close to me. He's chosen to turn aside. And now it's time. Ah, Jesus. This is so key. There's been a perspective in the body of Christ for entirely too long about the calling of God. And the calling of God has seemed to be this, uh, this uh, a let few get called and they kind of be, they go through this professionalism process to know the Bible, to uh, look a certain way, and all these things. And there's been this, this, this lie that's been put upon us as the body to say, that's someone who's called and, I'm, and I sit here. That's not it at all. Jesus completely levels the playing field. Let me give you something here. This is a side note. What time do I have? Am I going to? I don't know what time. We're going to preach this gospel. Okay, um, I'll give you something here. You're going to love this. If you don't know this, it's... it's, Okay, Jewish heritage, right? Jewish uh, Jewish history. uh, When a young man would uh, be about 12 years old, 13 years old, they'd have a bar mitzvah. And uh, they would would begin to uh, look to find their, uh, their, their mentor, okay? So here we kind of have, you know, we go to school. We go, they didn't go to school. There would be Pharisees and scribes, and they would desire to be picked by the Pharisee and scribe. They would learn the, the Old Testament. They would memorize it. They would do everything they could. And their longing of their heart, the number one chief thing that any young man could ever achieve was to be mentored by another Pharisee or scribe. That was the top, 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 top in Israel's history. And, they would, and the mentors would actually, the Pharisees, so the men would come of age. There's skepticism on the age, right? The young men would come of age, and this is exactly what would happen. A mentor would walk through, would walk around. He'd walk in the city, and he would look at him. He'd say, follow me. And he'd turn, and he'd turn around. 
And at that moment, the young man would abandon everything he had and he would completely surrender himself to his mentor. He would learn everything. He, he would forsake everything else and he'd give himself to his mentor, right? And so you see this, right? So and you now fast forward or, or just come into the, the, uh, the gospels here, right? Uh, Peter, James, John, Andrew, all these men, Matthew, these different tax collectors, right? They had not been picked. And they lived with it every day. They knew they weren't picked. They knew it. It was they, they lived with it. I remember not getting picked for, for the uh, baseball team when I was in seventh grade. I knew it every single day for the next year that I didn't get picked. And when I came out the next year, I gave 150% because that thing, that thing ate me up. I wasn't picked. And they weren't picked. They knew it. Every single day they knew I didn't get picked by a Pharisee or scribe. I'm less than. That's what they're thinking in their mind. And then all of a sudden, right? Here comes, here comes the one, the expected one, the anointed one, right? He's not looking. He didn't go to the Pharisees and scribes and say, give me your best protégés. He didn't even ask for them. I believe he was looking for friends who will have their hearts that will be leaned into me, who will have a heart that is close to me, right? And so he goes over there. You see him. He goes over to Peter, James, John, and Andrew. He says, hey, ca- uh, hey let's cast it out for a, uh, for a, for a catch. And they're, again, they're in their occupation. Uh, they're living with a, the with a reality that they weren't picked right? And they're living with that reality and uh, they go out in their occupation and Jesus uh, casts a net, says cast a net on the other side and they haul in a, a catch of fish that they could never do in their own power. Right. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> All their striving and energy could never produce what Jesus produced in one word. And what's the first thing? Peter falls to the ground. He says, get away from me. I'm a sinful man, Lord. And Jesus says, nah. From now on, you're going to be fishing for men. Come, follow me. The words that Peter, James, and John had longed to hear since being a young boy. Come, follow me. You got Matthew. You got Matthew. He's sitting over there, right? He, you can guarantee he didn't want to be a tax collector. Tax collector was not a glorious thing. You were ridiculed by everyone around. But maybe he needed money. Maybe he was desperate. I know he wasn't picked because he wasn't a, wasn't a protege, right? And, and he comes up to, comes up to uh, Matthew and he says, hey, and, and he looks at him. He says, come, follow me. Do you know what happened in his heart and his mind? What? What are you saying? You don't know what I've done, Jesus. And you see him, he's like, I'll give everything in return. I'll do all. You know, he hosts Jesus. He got picked. And I'm telling you, it's time that you're picked. You're the one that's being picked. That's how Jesus does things. He doesn't do like the world does it. Oh, man. Oh, Jesus, you're so good. Okay, last one. Last one. Call us deeper, Jesus. I love this. This is my favorite one. See, if you're sensitive, if your heart is tuned to him, when, the, when his voice comes out and says, follow me, notice that they didn't do anything else. They didn't bring up anything. They didn't bring up, hey, I got this really good business, Jesus. We just caught the catch of a lifetime. They dropped him. Yeah. And they followed. They saw the burning bush and they turned aside and said, what is that? Boom! Voice of the Lord comes. Come. All right. Elijah. See, if you're not sensitive, you'll miss it. If you're not tuned, if your heart's not turned, turned aside, you can miss it. It's not a missing like you're, you won't get another chance. The Lord's gracious. Uh, but it's just, uh, it's, it's not that. It's that he is looking for friends whose hearts are fully his. Actually, the Bible says that. The eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro, fro throughout the earth to find someone whose heart is fully his. That's what he's looking for. Listen to this. I just love this. This is ridiculous. So you got Elijah. He's running from Jezebel. He's in this cave. He cries out to God. I'm the only prophet left. God says, well, actually, bro, I got 5,000 that haven't bowed the knee. Right? So he's having, a, he's having an introspective moment there, right? My ministry's failed. And God's like, well, actually, no, uh, you, you haven't. And uh, he goes down to him, um, 19, 9. 
says, uh, so you, you see it, the, the, uh, Elijah runs away, he's in the cave, he has this encounter, uh, a wind comes by, a mighty rushing wind, it breaks the rocks, the Lord's not in the rocks, the lightning comes, the Lord's not in the lightning, the earthquake comes, the Lord's not in the earthquake, and uh, fire comes, and the Lord's not in a the fire, then a soft whisper comes, and there was the voice of the Lord. And so he goes on there, he tells them, you know, he says, uh, I, then, uh, that's where it says, when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave and behold, a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very zealous for the Lord, all this stuff I told you. Uh, everyone else has, uh, you know, abandoned, uh, abandoned you, Lord, besides me. And, and the Lord says, no, uh, no, that's not actually true. Uh, I have 7,000 that haven't bowed their knee to Israel. And so then listen, to, I mean, not bowed their knee to Jezebel and Baal. And then in 19, says, So he departed from there, and he found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, I guess is how you say it, while he was plowing with 12 pairs of oxen. Notice he's in his occupation. Yeah. That's so good, pairs of oxen before him, and, he, and Elijah passed over him and threw his mantle on him, he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. Nothing said. Walks by. Here's my mantle. He keeps walking. And then Elijah comes to him. He says, uh, can I just kiss my mom and my dad? Right? And, and Elijah goes, what did I do to you? What's he doing? He's, he's looking. He's looking. Is this man hungry for what I just gave him? Does he really want what I just put on him? Right? Because Elijah's mantle, he had taken his mantle off and, and hit the river Jordan and it split before him, right? Then the mantle had power on it. And he's looking a little bit. I wonder if this young man's going to turn aside. Right? He don't say anything to him. He drops his mantle and walks off. Right? And Elijah runs him down. Can I kiss my mom and dad? Right? And he says, what did I do to you? Right? Then he runs. Elijah runs. He doesn't just kiss his mom and dad. He actually takes all those oaks of uh, oxen, right? And he kills them all. Gone. I'm not that man anymore, right? And listen, I'll give you one more and we're going to stop. We're going to pray for people. Um, then you look again, right? You've got to watch this picture. If you read the whole, I'm not going to read it for time. Elijah's called to go up into heaven. And, uh, and Elisha knows it, right? And Elijah is trying to sneak away from Elisha. And one, you'd think, man, that's kind of rude, you know. Why is he doing that to his protege right there? I don't think it's rude. I think it's kind of, let's see how hungry he is. Let's see how much he really wants, right? And so Elijah Elijah would say, you stay here. I'm going to this city. And Elijah would go, no, I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving you, right? And he'd go to another city. He'd say, well, I'm going to go to this city, right? And Elisha would go, no, 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 I'm not leaving you. And he'd stay with him and stay with him and stay with him, right? His heart's completely turned aside, completely. What does God have for me right now, right? And he's listening to, to the voice of his mentor. And he keeps finding, finally, Elijah goes, what do you want? He wore him down, right? His, he, was, he, wanted him, so he said, I want a double portion of whatever you have. He said, if you see me when I'm taken up, you can, ha- you can have it, Right? <laughs> Elisha, Elisha never left Elijah's hip from then on out because he was hungry for what the Lord had. Yeah. Same thing happened to Jacob when he received his call. He's running from his brother uh, uh, um, Esau, and um, he's sitting there, and a man, says, uh, the son, a son of man came and began to wrestle with him at night. Right? And he was wrestling with this son of man. He's wrestling with this angel. And finally this angel says, he says, let me go. And, and, and Jacob says, no, I won't let you go until you bless me. I've got to have what I'm called to, to do. I've got to have it. And, 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 and then the angel or Jesus, whoever it is, turns and says, okay, you'll no longer be called Jacob. Your name is now Israel. Yeah. Right? He receives his destiny. Right? Because he was hungry for it. He was turned aside. His heart was turned to the Lord. And all of a sudden he receives his destiny. There's a calling, and I'm calling it now. Yeah. I'm declaring it myself. It's going forth. And you have the choice. Are you going to turn aside to see what the Lord has for you? Or are you going to walk on like nothing ever happened? That's your choice. But I'm going to go around. Jesus is going around saying, hey, follow me. Yeah. Follow me. You're picked. You're picked. You're picked. You're picked. You're picked. Follow me. Follow me. He's just laying the mantle on you. Your choice, though, is to follow. Right? 
just laying a mantle on you right now saying, hey, do you want this? There's just a little burning bush off in the distance. What is, what is that going on? Are you willing to turn aside? I had two things specifically that I wanted to do. First, I wanted to have all the ladies, if you don't mind, if you could kind of come forward. If you don't mind, just come on forward. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you can fit, sorry, I know we've got a lot here this morning, but it's good, it's okay. If you don't mind coming forward, thank you. Um, I don't think I can get husbands or, or dads up here, but it's okay. Um, husbands or dads, if you can kind of just try to get behind uh, these ladies, I want to say something. For too long, the body of Christ, and I don't know why it's happened, has devalued the role of women. And there's been this, I don't know, second-class citizen. Maybe you've never felt it, but I have. And I know it's been this second-class citizen, almost like a lesser calling and a lesser purpose in the body of Christ. And specifically, since this word was something that the Lord has been doing with my wife, I felt that we were to release you to be all that you were to be. And you may not have felt this. Some of you I know personally, I know you guys are just on fire for the Lord. But I don't want you to ever think that you're not called there's not a lesser call, okay? So if you don't mind, just kind of put your hands out. Men, if, you're, if you don't mind, just reach your hand. We're just going to begin to pray over these ladies, okay? And we're just going to break off lies. Thank you, Lord. Just begin to pray. We just break off in the name of Jesus any lie that would say you're not called or anything that would make you feel less than in Jesus' mighty name. We break it in the name of Jesus. We call you forth in Jesus' name to arise and shine, to be the beautiful destiny, to be the beautiful ones that God has called out to reflect His image upon the earth. Thank you, Lord. Man, let's go ahead and pray. Pray like you mean it, man. Come on now. Jesus, Father, right now, just begin to fill them afresh. Fill them afresh like they've never been before. Fill them afresh, Father. I thank you. Thank you for releasing them like never before, God. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Right now, we just begin to release it. I say, come forth in Jesus' name. Come forth in the name of Jesus. Come forth, arise and shine. You are special. You are anointed. You are created after the image of God. You are, you are His delight. He loves to see you move. He loves to see you work with Him. He loves to co-labor with Him. You are a friend whom He loves. And you have no lesser call. You have no lesser destiny. You are side-by-side co-laborers with us in the gospel. And we say, we, we agree. We say, come forth. Tell, men, let's say that together. Come forth. Come forth. Shine in the name of Jesus. Be who you were created to be. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lift my eyes up to the one, the one and only risen sun. I set my heart on knowing you, for you are good guide through and through. Every 